called fear, okay? If you're wondering. <laughs> it's called fear. Okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord has opened my eyes and I so did I turn away. Amen. My wife's looking at me again. <laughs> I guess. Distracted. Well, I talk the title of this message, Row Against Your Your Fear. Because it's not from God. We are in a fight. The Bible says so. We are seriously in a fight. Fear is a very powerful emotion that comes to every one of us, depending on what's going on in our lives, and wants to be received. Fear wants to be received. And we'll, talk, we'll go into scripture to talk about that. So we are in a fight. Someone is trying to kill you. There is a thief out there. Now, Satan doesn't care about your person. Doesn't care about your finances. Don't want your finances. Don't want any of that stuff. Don't even want your life. You know, the Bible says the mother, he comes after one thing. The word of God in your heart. That's the only thing. You remember the parable of the sower? Matthew chapter 13, he says, If you hear the word and you don't understand it, then Satan comes and he steals the word from your heart so it doesn't bear fruit. So as long as you have the word in your heart and the word is abiding in your heart and you are abiding in Christ, you ask whatever you will and the Father will give it to you. So he's really after your faith because faith comes through the word. Unless you have the word in your heart, you have no faith and you can't please God. And God is never moved until he's pleased. God is never moved until he's pleased. Now, remember, Cain and Abel, they have sacrifices, right? God was pleased with one sacrifice. He wasn't pleased with the other sacrifice. He moved, certainly he moved, because Cain knew God didn't move with regards to his sacrifice, and he was unhappy with it. So God moves when he's pleased. He doesn't move when he's not pleased. And there's only one thing that pleases God, our faith. And faith comes out of the Word of God. And until you understand the Word of God, there is no faith. Once your eyes are open, you know, the Bible tells us the entrance into God's Word gives light. And that light is the light of life. Now, the Bible also tells us in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, that we are born again, not through corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the Word of God that's alive. The Word of God is alive. And it lives forever. 
the word of God is what gave birth to you. Is that incorruptible seed? It's out of the word of God that you have faith. No word, no faith. And when there is no faith, there's only one thing left. Fear. Fear. So we are in a fight. If you are weak in this fight, you won't fight well. Because the Bible tells us this, and I'll go back to the scriptures. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. So the fight that we are in is a fight of faith. Faith is a spirit. We come into it. And fear is also a spirit. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. To wish you were called. So every one of us have been called to eternal life. And God says there is something you can lay hold on. Not physically, but spiritually. You can lay hold of eternal life. So you have been called to eternal life. He says, lay hold of eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. To which you have been called and have confessed the good confession. Notice, when you lay hold of eternal life, you should be confessing something. Confession means you're saying something. How can you lay hold of eternal life if you're not confessing anything in the presence of many witnesses? Most Christians haven't confessed much. We don't have those that we have confessed our faith, this good fight of faith that involves confession. Hello? The good fight of faith involves confession. And involves confession in the presence of many witnesses. How do you want? That's laying hold of eternal life. So if you are not confessing before many witnesses, it's a clear evidence you are not laying hold of eternal life. You go to church, that's okay. You pray, that's really wonderful. And sometimes you fast. But fasting will not help you if you are not laying hold of eternal life. And you are not making a good confession. And you can't make a good confession if you are afraid. It's not a good confession. You see, fear gets you to a place where you are not courageous. So God said to Joshua, you have to be of good courage. Once you fear, you're disqualified. And you are in a fight. If you don't realize it, God even tells us we have powerful weapons. And we'll go to that. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but Guess what? 
even though they are not physical weapons, they are mighty. Take hold of your weapon. Master the use of your weapon. You have to. Because someone is trying to kill you. To steal your faith. Because as soon if he can get that word from your heart, you're vulnerable. He can kill your finances. He can kill your life. He can take away your health. He can do whatever he wants. You don't have the word. There's nothing there. You have nothing to fight with. So that's what the enemy is after. For the weapons of our warfare. So we are in a warfare. So he says, I don't feel like I'm in a fight. You don't, you don't get it. You're going to get it someday. <laughs> you are in a fight. It's constant. From trouble to trouble. He comes up with them. And guess why the troubles come? To make you fear. And wonder. But today, tomorrow, the future comes constantly. Does something to your car. And here comes worry. And fear. You're thinking about your bank account. Can I afford a new car? And you can't sleep at night. No one is yelling in your room, but you're hearing voices. You can't sleep. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, Satan wants to build strongholds in your life. To discourage you. So you lose courage completely. He says, casting down arguments. Now, traditional King James says, imagination. You see, that's one of the power. You see, when you are in a fight, (laughs) your enemy is always looking for uh, the areas where you're weak. You know, some of us, some of you watch boxing, right? The boxer is waiting for a weak point. And if he thinks you are not weak in that area, even if you pretend like you are not weak, he leaves that area alone. You remember Muhammad Ali fighting with uh, George Foreman? And he thought, I'm going to beat the daylights out of him. And he said, I kept punching him real hard. And he says, George, is that all you can do? He goes, I can't find his weakness. This fight is over. The same thing the enemy is looking for. The area where you show weakness. The area where you fear and he knows you're afraid because your actions have proved it and he he will not let go of that area. He's not going to let go. He's found your weakness. That's why the scripture says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Don't let the enemy know you're weak in that area. He's found your weakness. He's not going to let go. Now, with Christians, I see this. You know, with, with boxing, you can knock the guy down, right? And they go, one, two, three. He's still down. And then he gets up. And sometimes, at the end, sometimes at the end of the fight, he is the one that has the victory. But for a Christian, once he's knocked down, he, he lays down there. And all he's saying is, 
God, why didn't God, why didn't God, why did God, I prayed and I fasted, why, 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 still laying on the floor, on the ground. And God says, I gave you powerful weapons, you just didn't use them. You are, can you imagine if you, you're going for a championship fight? And all you do is fast and pray. The other guy is exercising, you know, doing all that stuff that it takes. And you're fasting and praying for 40 days before the championship fight. It's not going to last. Use the word. Amen? That's what I meant. Just fasting and praying will not help. You've got to lay hold on eternal life. You've got to use the word. You have to find out the part of the word that speaks to your situation and begin to exercise till you're strong, until you lose your fear. The first line of the battle is for you to lose your fear. As long as you fear, you will retreat. The children of Israel... You know, they had Goliath. They were afraid. He moved close and they all moved back. They're scared of him. But David wasn't scared. David was going to go after him. Why? He's been practicing. Hello? He's been practicing. The other Jewish people, the Israelites, all they saw, he's so big. There's no way you can fight. And David is thinking, he's so large, I can't miss. I'll kill him. That's the difference. That's the difference. And he knew he could. And he said, I have experience. I use the word. God's with me. I'm going to win. I got no fear. The others were afraid. If they had gone into the fight, guess what? They all die. But the one who is not afraid, that's the victor. We have to understand this. We have powerful weapons given to us by God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then imaginations. Casting down imaginations. And here it says, casting down arguments. And every high thought. God said this, but now this is what is happening to you in the natural. And, but you know God said this. But something is arguing against what God said. That's what happened at the garden of Eden, right? God said something, and then there is another argument. And out of the argument is born imaginations. As soon as Eve received the words of Satan, he, she had imaginations. These things will make me like God. That's what Satan wants you to be. He, something comes in the mail... And here goes your imagination. And you know the word, but you're not relying on the word. You're depending on what you've heard and what you see and what you've seen. The word of God is forgotten. As long as the word is out of your presence or out of your mind, you can't fight. So we have to stay with the word. We cast down those imaginations. How do we? Yeah, I know. But God said, Right? That's what Jesus did. It is written, right? 
Yeah, I know what's happening in the natural, but I'm staying with what God said. Isaiah 53, who has believed our report? That's one. We have to believe God's report that usually, why do we have to believe? Because everything that you see in the natural is contradictory to what you are experiencing. I mean, in what you see in the faith, the Word of God. And what you see in the natural doesn't agree with what the Word says. So you have a decision to make. You got to choose this day according to the Scripture. I got life from the Word of God and there's death facing you. You choose. That's the way the Word works. Every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. So if God says something... And then you're seeing something else. That thing is exalting itself above the word of God. God says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But your bank account is saying something different. And they're even threatening to fire you. And so you're cutting back, right? Nothing wrong with cutting back. And you're planning in your mind how to live less than the way you live before you got the news in the mail or from your bus. Guess what you're doing? You're getting ready for it. That's fear there. And Satan is going to take advantage of it. That's not saying you shouldn't use wisdom, but you shouldn't fear. You know, in a situation like that, practice giving. Amen? Practice giving. And Satan is going to yell at you every time you try to give. What are you doing? Can't you think? You don't have a lot. But you can say, be quiet. I'm giving to God. And God says, give and it shall be given to you. So you got an argument there between the word of God and what you're experiencing in the natural. You got to choose. You bring every thought into captivity. Because it's shouting out so loud. It's drowning the word of God and what you know from the word of God. And now you got to shout louder. (laughs) Many times I find myself yelling while I'm driving. (laughs) Don't laugh at me. You do the same. (laughs) He wants to make you fear. And he won't quit. He keeps telling you. You were happy until the news came, right? He gives you a little more. And you say, I feel really bad. And he says, yes, you do. And you say, tell me more. So I can feel even worse. And you stay there feeling bad. And God's not in the picture anymore. But the Bible says, is anything too hard for God? Anything too hard for God? Let me say this. Whenever or wherever there is fear, It's a sad situation. Whenever 
there is a sad situation, there is fear. If you read in the scripture, right after the fall, what was the first conversation like between God and Adam? That's where we've been. First conversation. God says, where, is, where are you, Adam? Adam says, I'm hiding because I was afraid. I'm afraid. When the word of God goes out and light goes out, there is darkness. Fear is present. And fear never leaves until there is light. That comes from God's word. Genesis 3. A very bad situation. Totally dark. Usually there is fear present. When it's bad. Fear is there. So the first line of battle. Get rid of the fear. Because until the fear is taken out. God cannot come in there. So fear is the spirit. We come into that. It says then the Lord... God called to Adam and said, Where are you? So God's looking for you and you're out because you're afraid. You're afraid. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked. You see, that's what the enemy wants you to say. God's abandoned you. God doesn't care about what's happening in your life. He doesn't see it. You are alone. Exposed. Naked. And the enemy can do whatever he wants. Now, let me say this. I heard this testimony. This guy, he got saved. He was happy. And every time he, he's out, he says, uh, God, I just want your presence as I'm going and be with me according, be with me. Amen. He says, he was doing that religiously. And one day God said to this person, what do you mean asking me to be with you? Why are you talking to me? He said, well, I'm just doing what the scripture says. I want you to be with me. God said to this person, but I told you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Did you lie? When is he going to forsake you? He already told you, stay with the word. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So it doesn't matter whether you're praying or fasting or just doing your job. God's there with you. Because he said so. Even though you are going through difficulties, he is there with you. And that's what gives you courage. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does he say? I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. Why are you afraid? When God has said he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you are afraid, the enemies come in somehow. And you've forgotten your God. 
and what he said to you. And that's what happened to Adam. Now, there are two kinds of fear. There is healthy fear, and there is unhealthy fear. Healthy fear is based on truth. I didn't say facts, okay? I said truth. There's a big difference. The doctors give you the facts, but the truth is, by his stripes, you were healed. So, healthy fear is based on truth coming from God's word. So when God's word warns against something, you have the right to be afraid. That's truth. And that's wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there is healthy fear coming from God based on truth. And you can find that scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, dealing with Noah. It says, But by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he's never seen it, but it's coming from God. He knew he would, this was going to happen. He was moved with what kind of fear? Godly fear, healthy fear, godly fear. That's good. That's good. When God says, don't do this, this is going to be the result. It's good to listen and be afraid and do what is right. That's good fear. Healthy fear, godly fear. It's based on truth coming from the Word of God. But then there is the unhealthy fear that's coming from the enemy. And usually, it contradicts God's Word. You know what God's Word says, but then you have this but. But, yes, I know, brother, good luck. I know what you're saying. I, I can understand. And then you complete the scripture that is being quoted to you, and then you go ahead and say, but, you know, get your butt out of the way so that you can understand God's Word and let God do a, a work in your life. Because as long as you put out that butt, that's saying everything that God has said, I understand it, but I don't receive them. I'm in my own reality. That's what you're saying. Everything that God has said, yeah, I acknowledge that. But I'm not receiving that. I will face the flesh, what I can see in the natural. That's why the Bible says, why we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen, are, they are always temporal. It's just for a season. It's not going to last. The Word of God will last forever. That's what it says. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. The Word of God, that's what gave birth to you. You were born from above through the Word of God. Incorruptible seed. You have, and God and His Word are one and the same. The Word lives, and it lives forever. You stay with what lives forever. Every other thing is temporal. Your little financial problems you're having now, standing against God's Word, that's temporal, will go away. That's just the truth. So you stay with the truth. When Satan brings in something, comes in the mail, 
you were happy. It was a great day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it until you went to the mailbox. And you forgot your song. And then as soon as you read, your kids can't talk to you anymore. Get out! I'm meditating. Satan, please tell me. What else, what more else is coming in the mail? Is this the end of it? God's forgotten. God's forgotten. We don't think about these things. We let our imaginations go. And you think you're thinking. Guess who is ministering to you? The enemy. You can't sleep. You keep seeing things and imagining things that will never happen. Not in this life. And you hear a sound, as far as you're concerned, this is it. We've had people, you know, a man, you know, so if your hand starts hurting, guess what Satan tells you? You're having a heart attack. Right? You've never been there before. He knows you've never been there before. You don't know what people feel <laughs> when they have a heart attack. But now you're feeling a little bit. You see, then you, he tells you, that's what you got. And guess what? Immediately, the dread and the fear. And then you begin to imagine, oh, what will happen to my children now? How are they going to? You're not dead yet. <laughs> okay. And you may never die for another 10 years, more, maybe more. But he wants you to believe this thing is all over by tomorrow. We're laughing, but that's, what, that's, that's the real enemy we're facing. He's the deceiver. He's a liar. And his weapon is lies. And once he delivers the lie to you and you buy into it, guess what comes after that? Fear. Is the next thing. So you must fight the fear. Because as long as the fear is there, you, he has access to your life. And God can do nothing about it. Remember what Job said? The things that I feared the most, they all happened to me. Fear opened the door for the enemy. And God has to say, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. You see, Revelation, that's what opens our eyes as you read through the scriptures. Yes, if you read one part, you say, well, God allowed it. But then when you listen to Job, he allowed it. When you allow it, there's nothing God can do. It's your business. You can be righteous, but you allowed it. Why? Because you were afraid. You were afraid. You can see in the life of Jesus when it was time for him to go to the cross his mind was made up. He was going to Jerusalem. He knew he was going to die. He was going. No concern. We have to recognize that. 
He was moved with fear and he prepared the ark. He saved his family. That's the right one. And then we have the other one that really gives you a lot of pain, dread, a sense of hopelessness. Where is God? You were created in God's image. God has said so many times, I'll never forget you. I've even engraved you on my, the palm of my hand. I can't forget you. The Jews, they sang songs of that nature. God, he won't forsake his people. Even when they do wrong, his mind's still on them. Even when they are in captivity, God's still thinking about them. And wanting to bring them back and comfort them. And bless them. That's who we are. That's who we are. God was with Joseph. So he had favor, right? He was with Joseph. But right now, God's in you. You are his tabernacle. He lives in you. If you can pray in tongues, that's the Holy Spirit from inside of you. That's why the scripture tells us in uh, Ephesians 3.20, according to the power that is at work inside of you, God's in you. When you pray, you're not praying to the God up there. He's, in, he's, he's at work inside of you. That's the privilege we got. It's different. He's right there. You don't have to yell. I do yell, of course. Makes me feel good. But it's right there inside of you. Your God. You know, in the Old Testament, God says, Build me a tabernacle. I want to live among my people. But He was living outside them. But His true desire was to live in them. And he's got us. You carry God everywhere you go. How can you have God inside of you and you're afraid? Doesn't make any sense. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know that God is with them. So fear causes you a lot of torment. You open the door. The Bible tells us First John 4, 18, it says very clearly there, there is no fear in love. And God is love. And God lives inside where? In you. If they want to meet God, let them meet you. Hello? It, it doesn't matter how you feel. Let God be true and every man a liar. It, it, it doesn't matter how you feel. God's word is, if they want to see God, let them come to you. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? Why? Because he says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Well, Jesus is in you and Jesus is in the Father. It's right there in you. You carry God everywhere you go. He's with you. This is not according to my word. This is according to scriptures. We just don't believe what the scripture says. Because we have these strange imaginations drawn from our past. And everything they've been telling us from our past. 
Jesus didn't have those. There is no fear in love. Love lives inside of us. But perfect love will what? Cast out fear. Why? Because why is perfect love casting out fear? Because fear is not a good thing. You got to fight it. You got to come against fear. That's what I say. It's the first line of battle. Regardless of what's coming at you. What the enemy wants you to do is fear. And when you start, I mean, I can cry. I, I do cry, but I, I cry when I'm praying. I cry most of the time when I pray. Most of the time. I, I, it's been that way. <laughs> it just happens. But after that, I've been with the Lord. I don't want to cry. Why should I be crying in the presence of Satan so he sees this is the, uh, he's, he's weak? I mean, it's, I'm not trying to show strength. I just don't want the enemy to think, I'm afraid he can read. He's not God, right? But he can tell from your actions that you're distressed. When you're tossing back and forth, he knows, I got him now. I got him good. And I'm going to finish the job. But David refused to fear. You can read the scriptures. Even if the mountain David, David said, I will not fear because I got God with me. That's what eliminates fear. Your understanding that God's always with you and never leave you. And God's not say, just being around you and watching you go to pieces. He's there for a reason to help. Amen? To help, give you wisdom. Don't go there, go here. To direct your life. So the closer we are to God, the more it is, the easier it is for God to direct us. Don't go there, go here. He can be very severe. I don't want you being a friend to that person. He's going to lead you out of the way. You better listen. You listen. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, who makes you perfect? Him, right? And when you're afraid, that means you don't fully understand God's love for you. You have not been made perfect. There's still room for Satan to come. I mean, to come in and cause you to be afraid. You have no confidence. That's what we read. Jeremiah 32. God's, the people saying, God, you're so awesome. There's nothing too hard for you. And God says, is anything too hard for me? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should go back on his word. If he said, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he'll make his word good. All he's demanding for us is belief. Faith is the spirit. Fear is also a spirit. Second Timothy 1.7 tells us, God did not give us the spirit of fear. But of what? Of and 
And I usually say, I have a sound mind. I say that all the time. I, I say that and then I add, I have a sound mind. It has nothing to do with age. Hello? I have a sound mind. I am old, so I'm beginning to forget things. I will never say stuff like that. No. God says, I have a sound mind. I can't, God, I can't hear what God says, and I'm making a different confession. That's not making good confession before many witnesses. You contradict his words. Am I trying to be a superman? No. I have to go with what God says. Let God be true and every man a liar. If you go by what you see with your eyes, you'll make a different confession. And if you make a different confession, Satan has got you. He's really got you. Fear wants to be received. I believe that's, uh, what's the scripture? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, verse 14 there says for as many as are led by the spirit of God these are the sons or children of God for you did not what receive the spirit of bondage again to fear so fear is a spirit that wants to be received you got to receive fear for it to manifest itself in your life so when he's coming at you and preaching the gospel, how do you get faith? Through preaching, right? The word of God. Satan wants to preach fear to you. The gospel of faith, right? And Satan has the gospel of fear. He's telling you all everything that's happening in the natural. If you believe it, guess what you got? Fear. If you receive the gospel of faith, the word of faith, Paul, Paul tells us, in Romans chapter 10, if you receive the words of faith, guess what you got? Faith in your heart and faith in your mouth. The word of faith in your heart and the word of faith in your mouth. So you receive the gospel of fear, then you receive the spirit of fear. So we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So what that says, if you are afraid, you are in bondage. You are in captivity. So if I want to be free, I've got to get rid of that fear. Whatever it is. If you respond to the fear, then you are on the other side. Not God's side. Because the one that is producing faith, that's God and His word, right? The one that's producing fear, that's Satan and His words and His gospel. So, which gospel do you want to believe? You choose. We stay on God's side. We stay on God's side. My time is gone. I got to stand. Stand up with me tonight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's speak to that blood pressure. In Jesus' name, I speak to that blood pressure right now in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Satan, take your hands off of life right now in the name of Jesus and I command that blood pressure come down by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. You're going nowhere and we're not afraid because we have God on our side. We are not afraid one bit. We believe that there's nothing too hard for God 
And certainly God can and will bring that blood pressure down and she will be fine. Say with me, she's fine. Say with, it, say with me the same. She's fine. She's fine. Because God has answered our prayers. The Bible says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So we believe that God has done it. And so we give him a clap of friend. Not with sadness. Because he's heard us. And we're going to hear something good coming out of it. Good. We use the doctors and we have to stay alive. Amen. <laughs> we stay alive. Father, we want to thank you, God. Thank you for your word tonight. Your word tells us the entrance, the entrance into your word gives light. And Lord, we have that light of life. We are not afraid of anything because you are with us. There is no need to be afraid. You've promised never to leave us. You've promised never to forsake us. And we thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please greet the one standing by you.